This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, good evening. This is Love Sport Radio. Two minutes past nine across the capital. It's time for your Brentford fan show right here on Love Sport Radio. Very quickly, Harry Kane has uh, been involved in a nasty accident with Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos is up and about. Harry Kane still receiving uh, treatment. 61 minutes gone on the clock in Seville, Spain 1, England 3. Is he, is he hurt his magic chin? His magic chin? Yeah, he's got a magic chin. I never knew that. Mm. Uh, that is the voice of Dave Lane. How are you, Dave? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good it's to have fun. you on board. Yeah. Uh, GP's back in the building. You're becoming a bit of a regular now, pal. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, times are tough for these guys. So in recruitment policy, there might be a bit of an issue with it. Yeah, exactly. Keep popping Ga- up. Gary Paul's... Uh, He's going to go strike soon, like, like Ryanair pilots. Like and, the Piccadilly uh, line drivers. drivers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. And uh, one minute, I don't think we've met before, have we? We yeah. haven't, no. Yeah. No. Robin, uh, Robin Hood. We've got a new addition to the team. Uh, I'm told you something to do with uh, with Hartson. Yeah, Hartson. Uh, he couldn't make it today. He's up in a shopping centre in Glasgow wearing a full Celtic kit taking photos with uh, fans. So. Yeah, fair play. Uh, Hartson's busy tonight, so we've got you, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, yeah. He steals, he's steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Yeah. Yeah, is that what Aston Villa have done? Well, plunder. Yes. Mm. He's the plunderer. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're, they're going. I saw the, it was called the Griffin Park Raid earlier. Uh, <laughs> you know, because Richard <laughs> yeah. Richard O'Kelly's gone. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dean Smith has gone. Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, this news broke on Wednesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. So we we spoke about it on Monday. Monday. We spoke about it on Monday. If I'm honest, I didn't hear that much about it. It was there was nothing really amazing going going on. And then I think we we finished the show at nine fifty seven on Wednesday night. <laughs> at ten o'clock, the news got released. It must have been embargoed until ten o'clock until everyone was away from the training ground and away from the ground. And oh, and Spain have just gone close, very very close indeed. Jordan Pickford dragging the striker all the way left. The Spanish players are are furious with the referee. Uh, I do apologise for for just interrupting, but. Uh, it right, is a corner and there's a full-on melee going on. We'll wait for the replay uh, before we decide anything. I'm not sure if VAR is in uh, use this evening with... Uh, in fact, it shouldn't be. But uh, a ball played back towards the goalkeeper. 
And Jordan oh, Pickford just making a bit of a mess of it. Making a real mess of it. The striker was onto him. And Pickford's tackle. Brilliant tackle. <laughs> That's a fantastic tackle. tackled in tackle. on Rodrigo. And, uh, to be fair, it wasn't a bad challenge at all. I'd be quite proud of that if I was. I think I think you could say he saved his blushes there. That's a great tackle. Yeah, fantastic uh, tackle. Anyway, takes an elbow. Doesn't make great radio, to be honest. No, it doesn't make great radio. <laughs> and we were talking about Brentford there, uh, but it is a uh, is it a freak or Sergio Ramos is in there again? I cannot so, tell you. Uh, so bringing it back to the bees. <laughs> bringing it back to the bees. They released it at ten o'clock. That Dean Smith was the new head coach of Aston Villa Football Club, uh, adding uh, a director of football as well. And a right-hand man in the form of John Terry. I bet Richard O'Kelly was sitting there going, yeah, this, this, this is the thing that kind of freaks us out a little bit, is that he was always going to take Richard O'Kelly with him, because he, he's followed him from Walsall, and that's the way the setup yeah. was at Brentford. Mm. This John Terry role, I'm not really sure how that's going to pan out. It's either a massive threat to, to Dean Smith, or it's going to be really good cups of tea served on the training ground. I, I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but you know, if you if you were if you were Dean Smith going to that job, would you be looking over your shoulder, thinking, you know, you, it's a threat always behind you, Gary? I don't. I don't know. It's an interesting one. As you say, I've got exactly the same thoughts as you, Dave. I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, um, John Terry's his number going to be his number two there that's fine i suspect he you know terry will be groomed to come through in time and then richard kelly's so richard kelly's gone there and then we're, we're kind of sitting there thinking well okay i mean even when you look last week all on wednesday and thursday on the um tv and on bbc and on sky all i was seeing was pictures of john terry holding a um aston villa shirt as if you know as if it was him going in there alone and then all of a sudden we're him we're hold on he's not even sort of like the number two there mm. so you know what is going on so robin did you expect this to happen I, I know i know that aston villa went through thierry Henry, brendan rogers john terry they went through a lot of they went through high profile names so, yeah, well, who wouldn't be who wouldn't, wouldn't want to be for fourth choice for a job i mean it's just, I, I think john terry's in there as the shot window um i think it's an epitome of the shall we say the big club big premiership uh, mentality that's rife at aston villa um that the, you know the, in the news outlets and uh, the promotion of the marketing of it all should we say is it's all been about john terry um i still haven't really seen anything about dean smith as, as uh, aston villa manager other than what we talk about and other than what we we see and what we say I th- you, I th- yeah. you know I mean that's, that's a serious point though because you know yeah. we, we've we've come on here and and sort of like taken the mickey a bit and sort of you know called Derby Frank Lampard's Derby mm. and now this is we're, we're saying the same about Villa you know this is John Terry's Aston Villa we're saying it already yeah. um, you know I know Dean Smith's gone from that's one thing we have found out that he's, he seemed to have been on 300 grand a year at Brentford and now he's sort of tripled that mm. obviously Aaron you wouldn't get out of bed for that kind of money would you no no so you know he's gone he's clearly gone to you know he'll be mad not to have He's a he's a, he's a fan, isn't he? Yeah, it's yeah. a hometown. It's his hometown club, and I mean, if I was if I was in this, his position and got the opportunity to manage Brentford, I wouldn't really turn it up. Uh, and obviously, the money plays a factor. You wouldn't as well. turn it up, or you wouldn't turn it down. Turn it down, sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, I think he's walking into an absolute nest of vipers there, especially with John Terry as, as part yeah. of it. I mean, it, it could be a five-year job. It could be a five-game job. No, I don't think it's going to be a five-year job. To be honest, I don't think that. I think Villa have. I'm not going to have that mentality to be sitting there in 14th 15th place in two years time thinking giving him another three years to move further up the league you know 
th- that just doesn't happen in these days. We've, we've, Not with a team like Villa. We've talked. I mean, we talked about this a lot on the on the on the podcast on Thursday night. Fortunately, we didn't do the podcast on Wednesday night, so we probably would have fallen by the same, by fallen on the sword as well. We probably would have recorded it before the news was, you know, un- unembargoed or whatever. Um, what we've 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 seen Mark Warburton being Mark Warburton being. Um, you know him leaving Brentford. We've seen um, uh, that Marinus Dijkhausen brought in. We, we've kind of gone through those evolutions where things haven't been great at Brentford. Mm. When Dean Smith arrived, he was kind of in a, a mess, sorting out situation. The whoever takes over now at Brentford, it's a very different scenario. If it's Thomas Frank, he comes in when Brent. It's a very different Brentford. Mm. There are also other people in the mix now. I would have thought there's a lot of people, a lot of coaches, a lot of managers from around Europe, around the world, who will throw their hats into the mix now. This is a this is a different vibe to when we lost Rosler or Warbs or any of those. It's, it's, it's a desirable job now compared to, uh, shall we say, when Warburton left, uh, when the club was sort of still in... in implementing and introducing this new sort of mentality with the statistical analysis and things like that uh, it's a far more desirable job it's a really stable club with a fantastic foundation of players uh, and coaches and structure and fan base with a new stadium on the go who wouldn't want to manage that um, there's been a silly list obviously um, of names that we've seen linked with the job which Ro- sort of Robin talk, talk me through this silly list and this the more realistic list oh well me and you are on it as well I think um, it's it's well you see I've seen uh, David Moyes linked with it uh, I've seen Harry Redknapp. Well, at one point, Harry Redknapp was linked with it as well. And I just yeah, that's uh, just crazy. Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, and I've also seen um, who's it? Uh, a chap called Ben Garner, I think his name is, who's the um, first team coach at West Bromwich Albion, who has never even had a managerial position. So probably more sensible than some of the others, knowing knowing the, the yeah. way that's set up. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Mar- Mourinho, any any chance of him coming to us? I don't think you'd want him, would you? No. no, 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 I don't no. think so. I mean, you talk about Ben Garner. Um, am I right in saying that Mark Warburton didn't have a hadn't had a managerial job before he no. took Brentford? No, that's true. Yeah. He had was, was he in, in investments or something? He was an investment banker, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he, oh. he had a he had a like a youth role, or a, you know, at, at Watford. Then he came to Brentford. He was mm. he was very much on 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 the rise, and you know, he, he was using a different you know a different way of coaching. Um, he was given an opportunity and you know for reasons we're not going to go into tonight yeah. it, it didn't work out and but but Brentford have have moved on there was a lot of the press that kind of wrote us off at that stage but now what's happened is there's a lot of people now are kind of more in tune into Brent, it's a new Brentford mm. I think a lot of people have given up on us kind of getting relegated and I think they, that's why yeah, I agree with you completely. A lot of people understand uh, the way that Brentford operate. The, the whole money ball system has, has evolved with a few different clubs utilising it. We saw Liverpool use it. We've seen Fulham try and use it as well. And obviously Brentford, I'd say, are the most successful club to, to, to have employed that model. They've employed it very, very well. Uh, in Seville, Harry Maguire has just been yellow carded for England. I think it's put to do with persistent fouling, uh, plus the fact that he just went in two-footed on uh, Danny Thabalios. Uh I swear it is still it still wins uh, well, 
There's a lot of gesticulating going yeah, on. Yeah, I, 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 I was just about to say, uh, the, Spain, uh, the Spain manager, uh, uh, Luis Enrique, certainly very, very angry with that challenge. Do stick with us here. We're going to uh, wait until this free kick is taken. It's Spain 1, England 3 at the moment. Just under 20 minutes to go in Seville. Spain have got two uh, standing over the ball. The first one is uh, is Marcos Alonso of Chelsea. Thiago Alcantara is there as well. Up steps Alonso Whee! with a free kick and it's straight over the bar. Spain 1, England 3. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com. From casinos to horses, we've got it covered. 7bestbets.com. Love Sports, official betting partner. This is love sport love sport i work for a spokesman said.com we can help you save money on your home insurance all you need to do is visit a spokesman said.com and find out if we can find you a better deal digital radio offers great sound quality and more stations than ever before and we want to make sure that you get love sport on your digital radio just press the auto tune or auto scan button and love sport will appear on your menu love sport on digital radio five 5 8 a.m. Love Sport. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com. Fancy a flutter? 7bestbets.com. Love Sport's official bookmaker. The club will miss Dean Smith. It's not its detriment. There's such a strong system in place at the club is that there's always going to be a transition of, of players and, and managers. As long as the, the structure is secure and they recruit properly as they've been shown anyway, um, it shouldn't really destabilise the team so much. But, you know, the test is at the, at the weekend against Bristol City and, and how the, the team comes out and responds to it, how the fans respond to it, um, who's going to be in the dugout for the match. It's going to be something new, but nothing that is going to shake the team or the squad up. Yeah, the words of Marcus Gale there as he joined Ian Stone and Paul Mortimer this morning on the Love Sport Comedy Breakfast Show. Chaps, um, the test is going to be this weekend, certainly, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be a new era for Brentford. I mean, for all we've known for the past, what, three years it's been all Dean Smith and he's really encapsulated the style the way that Brentford have done things he's kept it very low-key very professional very not under the radar so much but just he doesn't let people get hyped up around the club he gets on with his business quietly and you know especially after last season the poor start he galvanized the troops he got them playing again and and this season you know i think you guys obviously have really impressed everyone and, and now he's off to villa what do you make of, of saturday's fixture i mean what's the atmosphere going to be like amongst the Brentford fans i think it's going to be a really good atmosphere uh um, dean smith's been fortunate that the squad's got stronger and stronger over the last year what what he's been working with this season is arguably the best um, squad that we've had since the war um, and it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult for for whoever it is that comes in to get us back to winning ways because there is a certain a certain amount of kind of disruption and you know 
players don't really like things being messed around with too much. They obviously really respected Dean Smith. They liked the setup. He um, he he was like a father figure, from what I understand, and he he was someone that was able to nurture these young players. Thomas Frank, who's gonna, he's been taking training. We can only assume at this very moment he'll be taking, um, he'll be picking the team and 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 taking them for the you know picking the, the team for Saturday. Um, we can only assume there's like continuity that goes on there. He's very much one. His experience is all about youth football. He's Brom, next Bromby Bromby head coach. He's worked with the Danish under 17s and under 19s teams. He 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 understands young players. So. You know, we can we can be quite excited that there is actually continuity going on there, but you know we're still the 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 the, the you know the the pre, the next manager has not actually been named yet. Do you find that a bit weird, Robin? Uh, no, I think I'm, I find it quite comforting actually. I think it's it would be easy for clubs to rush to try and introduce a new manager and get a system in place as soon as possible. But we don't think like that. We think long term. We think more strategically and um, have more of a plan in place, shall we say? So it's interesting that the language that Brentford Football Club as an official club are using is that Thomas Frank is taking training as opposed to taking temporary charge or being in caretaker charge of the club. So I'm, I'm, I don't take any discomfort from the fact that we haven't really. Um, made an official announcement or official appointment in terms of who the success is going to be. Uh, Giuseppe Mura in The Standard has uh, has put out an article uh, today. Uh, it says Brentford want to appoint Dean Smith's successor before the weekend. Thomas Frank is the front runner to take over at Griffin Park and the Bees hope to have a new coach he- uh, head coach in place by the time they play Bristol City at home on Saturday. Brentford know that Frank will fit into their structure but they're keen to talk to other potential candidates before making a decision. Uh, Phil Giles admitted last week that the West London club started from scratch in their search for a replacement for Smith but the international break has given them some time to consider the next move um, you guys your fans you're sitting here do you want Thomas Frank to be the next head coach of Brentford or do you want someone else to come in uh, with another vision maybe other ideas someone who don't get me wrong can fit into the business strategy and model of Brentford but someone who's going to bring something else to, to the table well things I'm, I'm, I would be quite confident um with with um thomas frank um, being the ne- the new head coach of brentford last time we got into the situation where we lost the manager um we promoted from within somebody who had been working with the players that were there at the time and somebody who knew the system and that would and we really did kick on um by having that continuity in the team and we ended up getting promoted um i did kind of tweet on wednesday you know perhaps it was an omen that um, you know we've lost our manager because uh, mm. the last time it happened we got promoted and hopefully that can happen this season. The thing was the thing with Thomas Frank as well is that you know he has been sat there in in the sidelines working underneath um, O'Kelly and and Dean Smith and for people that don't know anything about Thomas Frank and what he's been doing on a match day it seems that during the course of a game when things aren't going right he will get up and come and stand alongside Dean Smith and they will talk during the game and they will work out substitutions they will talk about changing the formation changing the strategy during the course of the game um, so he has he has been kind of instrumental or central to decision making during match day so he's not 
kind of one that's been sat in the stands and he's not like a pencil pusher and, and kind of a stats monster he's someone who's been stood there alongside them and putting his arm around players as well as the coach and the assistant coach yeah I think he's been he's been an integral part of the way in which we've worked over the past was it two years since he joined on um, I'd be more than happy to have Frank uh, certainly in charge for the for the next um, for the next stage in the process shall we say I think he's obviously very Gaz has already pointed it out that he's um he's come he's you know it would be a promotion from within he knows the system he knows the players he knows the club I think it would be a very wise move um, I've seen a couple of other names that I think would be viable candidates um, but purely almost because of their um, their their lack of association with the club, if you like. So, um, a chap that I've known, that's a name that's popped out of me was a chap called Ralph Hazenhutti, uh, who's an Austrian chat gentleman who's in charge of RP Leipzig at the moment. He's in the top five candidates, um, according to all the betting um, betting websites that are on there. Uh, and he's the kind of player, that he, sorry, the kind of manager that because he is just so out there. He wouldn't have been sort of put um, in this in the position that he has in the in terms of the betting, uh, in terms of the odds for the next manager. If there wouldn't be any smoke without fire there, um, and I think that's that kind of left field appointment that we've experienced in the past, where no one has expected it. And I think it's good that we don't have that sort of predisposition of oh, we need to get this big name. And, in. and I think that's why we looked at that kind of what, what we called the silly list. Yeah. When we looked along that, we thought there's no way, no way on God's earth that any of those are going to be the next Brentford head coach. It's yeah. going to be. It's going to be, you know, your Thomas your, Franks your Ralphs and, yeah. and, your, and your Franks. Um, so, someone who will join us after the break um, that will come up soon is um, Bob Booker. Mm. Bob Booker was um, a Brentford. Well, he is a Brentford legend. He played 250 games for us, but uh, equally, he also he was the assistant manager at Brighton and um, he was a caretaker manager at Brighton on a couple of occasions as well. So he'll probably give us some good insight into mm. what's kind of what's expected of someone that kind of would step in from someone who's you know. Some, someone who's like you know who's done a really great job of guide you know transforming the team yeah certainly looking forward to speaking to Bob Spain 1 England 3 10 to go in this Nations League tie uh, Estonia 2 Hungary 2 Finland 1 Greece 0 Belarus 0 Moldova 0 Luxembourg 3 San Marino 0 Iceland 0 Switzerland 2 Spain 1 England 3 and of course well Bosnia 2, Northern Ireland nil. Edin Dzeko grabbing his second uh, just minutes ago. We'll be back with the closing stages of the England game and Bob Booker next on Love Sport. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com, the official bookmaker of Love Sport. 558am, Love Sport. This is Lionel, another very happy person who saved themselves money at aspokesmansaid.com. I'm Lionel from Peacehaven. I took note of what the spokesman said and I saved £484 per year on my energy. I found a spokesman said was so easy to follow and it saved me £484 on my energy and I would recommend everybody does the same. Aspokesmansaid.com, getting real people, real savings. Compare home energy quotes from the UK's biggest suppliers to find out if you can save money. Compare, switch and save with a spokesmansaid.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. Hello, I'm Michael Parkinson. The Los Tablers is the UK's leading youth cricket and disability sports charity and now the official charity partner of Love Sport Radio. The charity's mission is to enhance the lives of disadvantaged and disabled young people through sport. Last year, the Los Tablers donated over four million quid to help young people of all backgrounds and abilities to get involved with sport. To find out more and to see how you can get involved, visit lowestabulars.org. 
7bestbets.com. If you are looking for good odds with a simple-to-use app, visit 7bestbets.com. As a new customer, you will receive great welcome offers. We cover all sports, as well as an online casino and full range of virtual sports. If that's not enough, regular customers benefit from loyalty bonuses too. 7bestbets.com. Please gamble responsibly. Visit GamblerWare for more details. Oh, it's okay. Let's face it. When your kids are ill, you do anything to help them feel better. But remember, antibiotics aren't always needed. You might not realise it, but taking antibiotics when you don't need them puts you and your family at risk of a longer and more severe illness. Help keep your family well. Always take your doctor's advice on antibiotics. Search NHS Antibiotics. <laughs> All better. This is Love Sport, the fans show with 7bestbets.com. Fancy a flutter? 7bestbets.com, Love Sport's official bookmaker. <laughs> yeah, good evening. This is Love Sport. We've just been having fun uh, with, uh, with names for the future. Is he going to be a prince, a future prince? Yeah, he is a fe- the future prince or princess of this country and the potential name uh, they could be issued. And then we uh, we did discover that Boris Lane is definitely the name of uh, some form of non-league <laughs> ground, which we haven't discovered yet. Uh, let's talk to Bob Booker. He had a spell at Harrow Borough, but we're here to talk to him about his spell at Brentford. Plenty of games played. Began in 1978. Uh, Bob, how are you, pal? How you doing, pal? Thanks for reminding me of that, 1978 and Harrow Bar. One man that definitely rem- remembers that is Dave Lane. You remember 1978, don't you? I do, mate. It was, one of my, it was my first season as a Brentford fan. I was going to do the sand dance song for you, Bob, but... Uh, yeah, I heard you in the background. You did hear me humming. I'm very good, mate. Good to, good to speak to you good. again, as always, mate. And you. So... So you know, we 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 talk. You know, Brentford at the moment we're in a in a kind of like a transition. Um, the manager's gone. This is a situation where you know you've you've experienced at, at Brighton. You were the caretaker and um, assistant manager. What 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 is expected of of the person that kind of takes the, the takes the team for the next game after someone leaves? You know, what what's the pressure and what what's the vibe that you think is going to be in the Brentford dressing room? Well, the pressure changes straight away for the assistant manager. I mean, you know, he, first and foremost, when I took over as caretaker, I had no real plans that I wanted to be the manager. You know, in some cases, the assistant manager is not necessarily stabbing the manager in the back, but he feels, hang on, this might be my opportunity. Do I want to take this opportunity and really put my mark on it? And end up becoming the manager. In my particular case, I had no aspirations to be the manager and I made it quite clear to the, the chairman and he made it clear to me that if the new manager came in, I was still going to be the assistant. But it's it's still got to be a smooth transition. So, you know, I, I took over for two or three games and, you know, I had a couple of results. But then it gets a little bit difficult because you, you know you're going to be staying as the assistant and you don't want to lose that relationship with the playing squad. So, be, you know, be, becoming the caretaker and then sort of becoming the gaffer is a whole different ball story. So I, you know, I had to be careful. I didn't want to lose that respect of the players trying to uh, to be the manager where I, I knew I wasn't going to be the full-time manager. So it really depends on the individual and what he's thinking in his head. Does he want to become the manager or does he want to stay involved? Is he going to stay because normally a new manager might come in and bring his own staff, which didn't happen to me on, on six or seven occasions. So every case is really particularly different. So I don't know how the assistant manager feels at the moment, but... He will want to get a result for the football club and keep things ticking along. 
do you think is a little bit different in these circumstances because but you know back when when it happened to you the the head coach managerial roles were kind of they you know it was a little bit more if you took over as a manager you were the manager but as as you well know bob that at brentford at the moment we're looking for a head coach he fits into a um a predefined slot where he's not expected to um to to be responsible for transfers he's not responsible for a lot of lot of the other things that you would probably would have had to have been sort of yeah. responsible for do you, do you do you think you would have probably been more more up for that role because it's all about it was all about relationship with players where you know yeah, it's different now yeah, having been involved in, in a lot of the coaching, and you know, some managers let me sort of do more of the coaching. Some mixed it up. Some was just the manager, and he was just there as a guide. But you're, but you're right. You know, these days, the modern day manager just sort of picks the team. Really, he has his head coach, he has uh, statisticians, he has uh, analysts, and all this sort of thing. So there's an array of people below him there. When in them days, you had the manager, the assistant manager possibly a goalkeeping coach, the kit man and the physio, that was your staff. So the manager sort of became, he did everything. He did the coaching, you know, he did the organisation with his assistant. So there was a whole load of work to do for two people, whereas now, you know, a lot of it is taken off of him and it's, like you say, he can just concentrate on picking the team, man managing the team, the coaches and all the fitness guys and all the messers and all the doctors and all the physios can get on and do their job. And he, he can solely, you know, really concentrate on really getting into them players and picking the team that he wants and putting them into a shape. So, so Bill Dodgin was the manager that was in charge of Brentford when, when you came through the ranks. Can you tell us a bit about Bill and, and what he was like? Well, Bill was a great man management. You know, I was very, I was very new to the game, you know, 18, 19. So straight away I saw him as this, this icon, you know, this person that asked me to become a professional footballer. So I looked at him as some sort of, well, he, he was my boy hero because he had given me this massive chance to become a professional footballer. So him and Tommy Baldwin, you know, they did most of the training themselves. They like said they did the coaching, they managed the team, they organised the, 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 the away travel with uh, the, the club secretary. So, you know, he socialised very well with the players, but you knew he was the gaffer. So it's all about, for me as a manager, it's, it's all about your man management. Yes, you need to have a certain amount of ability to coach the team and put them into shape and get them to do what you want them to do with your set pieces and things like that. But uh, man management is a massive part of, of football, the likes of Alex Ferguson and, and Dave Bassett under me. You know, I wouldn't particularly call Dave Bassett a brilliant coach, but he took sessions. Jeff Taylor done a lot of coaching, but Dave Bassett's man management, I would have run for a brick wall for that man because he, he managed us as human beings. You knew he was the gaffer, but you knew he was he was one of your mates if you needed him. And so, someone, someone else, as a as a, he was a, a young a young whippersnapper at the same time as you was a, a gentleman called Bradley Walsh, who uh, <laughs> I know is a good is a good friend of yours still to this day. Um, he's, he's involved in the Doctor Who uh, setup at the moment. Uh, yeah. If you had a TARDIS, Bob, which Brentford <laughs> game would you go back to? What? Myself or Walshy? <laughs> you. No, if you had, if you had a tar- oh, if you had a tar- right, you can go back in time, right, but it has to be a Brentford game. Where, which which Brentford yeah. game would you go back to? Well, I, I can remember quite a few, but uh, uh, probably two or three probably stick in my mind. Obviously, that the hat-trick against Hull was a memorable day for me. Uh, one that just sort of spiralled me into not 
started him, but it, it put me on the ladder a little bit, you know, for a little while before I found my feet and then I had to level out again. So it all came very quick when that happened to me when I scored that hat-trick against Hull City. Uh, but it was something that will stick with me forever, and, you know, and it, like, I was in my scrapbook and I often look at it and look at the pictures of the goals and the time I had doing that. It was fantastic. Uh, I remember I remember a game away at Walsall. I think it was Terry Ollock's first game. For some reason, I think I scored in that game, but just that particular game with Terry Ollock turning up and meeting us on that day for that game, that sort of sticks in my mind. Good memories of the Wembley game, although, we, you know, we didn't really do ourselves any favour. Uh, and, and we got turned over by Wigan. So, uh, many, I remember a particular goal away at Gillingham, uh, a left foot outside the box, which kept us up one season. Little things like that just sort of stick in the mind. I mean, you know, I played probably over 300 games, so there's quite a few that probably stick to mind if I look through books and, and scrappings and things. Oh, yeah, I remember, I remember that one. I did that then. So, a real good, a good, good memory of my time at Brentford. Who do you think should should be the new man to lead Brentford then, uh, following the uh, the departure of Dean Smith? Well, that's a difficult one. I mean, as you know, it's such a such a great club going forward, uh, and Dean Smith has done a particularly good job, and I'm particularly pleased for him in the appointment that, that uh, Aston Villa have made. You know, I think people like Dean Smith and and Chris Wilder, you know, and uh, a good friend of mine, Sheffield United, it's really encouraging that chairman are looking down at these younger English managers or younger managers uh, you know when you're a Lampard or Stephen Gerrard you probably get an opportunity a little bit not easier but you have been in the Premier League all your life so your name sticks out there but people like Dean Smith he's done his homework uh, when he was away at Walsall so Chris Wilder Halifax Oxford Northampton why shouldn't these young players get that chance they've done their homework in the lower leagues who says they can't manage at a higher level just because they've never been in the Premier League? I think we need to throw them in there and let's see what they can do. So whoever comes into the Brentford job will be, you know, it might be someone that's in a lower league at the moment. Is he enthusiastic? Has he got good ideas? Is he going to have the respect to the players? So it's, you know, it's, it's a great job to come into uh, and take on the reins because Dean's left us or left Brentford in a very, very, very good position. So whoever takes it on has really got to come in there and and keep that standard going uh, and moving into the new stadium. So it's, it's a big job, but it'd be one that I think a lot of younger managers uh, would, would be interested in. Just to let you know, they're uh, into seven minutes of added on time in Seville. Still Spain one, England three. They've played three minutes of that seven. We'll keep you up to date with anything that goes on. Dave, I believe you had a question. Yeah, um, well, we're going to speak to Billy the Bee as well. He's out there in Spain at the moment watching this game, so we'll speak to him after the uh, final whistle um, just, to, just to find out what it was like on the terraces in the seats. So we'll have, we'll have a chat with him. Yeah, so, you know, Bob, you, you're talking about how important it is this relationship between. Um, the coach and, and the players. Do you, do you think that that's a, a, also a reason why we should probably promote from within um, rather than to look outside because you kind of minimise the risk? Uh, well, this stage of the season, you know, is it a risk? You know, still a long way to go before the end of the season. The team's pretty settled. I'd say Dean's left him in a great position. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, you know, the likes of Kevin O'Connor moving up a little bit or, you know, someone with it within in that group that knows the first team, knows the running, knows the structure of the training, which is really important at the moment. You know, you wouldn't want anybody changing it too quickly uh, because it's up and running, they're doing well, they're winning games. So you don't want to be upsetting the apple cart too much. You've just got to keep on a level ground uh, and don't change things around too quickly and just, just pan it out, put your own little mark on it 
but just just let it settle down and, and see how it goes for a few games and uh, put your own individual stamp on it as you can without upsetting too many people or upsetting the system because it's it's going well at the moment. So you know why change it? Hi, Bob. Yeah, um, Robin Hood from the Bezosid, uh Pride of West London podcast. Um, in terms of the 1991-92 season, um, I remember sort of as a kid my parents playing the VHS of that promotion season uh, under Phil Holder um, over and over again. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we seem to, we've got a fantastic squad at the moment, but I was just thinking, um, those players that you played with uh, in that squad, um, who do you think, who really stood out for you there and who would do you think would cut it in today's squad? What, as a player? Yeah, as a player. Uh, well, Gary Blissett, I mean, he was, you know, uh, Bliss for me, just a, a real good leader up front, a good front man, one that you could rely on. He wasn't the quickest, you know, uh, uh, Gary, but uh, he had a great eye for a goal. He had a selection of goals, you know, you could get the ball up to him, you could hold it up. Uh, he could get in the channels if you wanted to, he was good in the air. So he had a bit of everything for me, Bliss, so, you know, them sort of players, uh, are few and far between today. You know, the likes of Kane and that, you know, Gary Bliss is not too dissimilar. You know, not over quick, but gets in the right areas, plays between the, the penalty area, and he's got an eye for a goal. You know, whether it be a tap in or a diving header or a long shot, he, he had a bit of everything, Gary. He probably smoked a bit more than Harry Kane, to be honest with you, though, Bob. Yeah, he probably did, but it didn't. <laughs> it didn't you know, I used to travel in with him and tell him to get out of the car when he wanted one when we was in traffic. <laughs> that was the that was the struggling thing because I absolutely hated it. But he, uh, that was bliss. You know, he wasn't going to change. Uh, he still put in a shift. Could he have been better? Possibly, yes, if he could have really got his fitness going and, and not do them sort of things. But in them days, it didn't stand out so much. But you know, he probably could have gone on to bigger and better things. But he was uh, he was great for us at that time. And you know, goals are always precious. If you've got someone up front, or like we did at Sheffield United. Going 20, 21 goals, uh, but, but you know between you each, you're onto a winner, and that's what it's all about: putting the ball in the back of the net and having the rest of the team to supply him. So, Bob, um, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, who are no the Bob Booker story, which is your yes. your book? Um, written by Greville Waterman and yourself, you must be yeah. very proud of that. That's it. It's a brilliant book. If you've got any any Brentford fans listening to it, listening to this that haven't bought it, get onto Amazon and buy it. Who are the Bob Booker story? It's, well, it's I'm hoping brilliant. to come up to. Uh, hoping to come up to uh, Griffin Park on the 27th of November, Greville and myself. Uh, so we'll probably be in the club shop. So we're playing Sheffield United that night. So if any Sheffield fans, Brentford fans, Greville's done a fantastic job. Really pleased he approached me to write this and get this done. I mean, you know, I've done what I call the easy bit by just talking to the phone for six or seven hours with Revel, and he's done the R bit and put it into book context. He's done an absolutely fantastic job, and we've ended up, I knew Gravel anyway, we've ended up becoming really, really good friends. Brilliant, mate. And it's something that we're really, really proud of, and it's, it's so it's up there at the uh, Griffin Park on the 27th. And, See you soon, Bob. Yeah, thanks uh, for joining us this evening, Bob Booker, uh, Brentford FC hero. It's finished in uh, in Seville. Um, England, uh, well, England have beaten Spain, but there was uh, a bit of uh, of late doors. Uh, well, not really sure is what it, happened. Is it been a, is it been given or? I it looks like it was given. Yeah. Being given. Spain two, England three is how it's finished. Sergio Ramos with a goal in the 97th minute but then a yellow card was given to Alvaro Morata uh, 
Not really sure why. Oh, no, it's 2-3. Yeah. That's yeah, the question. Cool. Yeah, there you go. Uh, full-time in the Nations League. What a game tonight. Spain 2, England 3. Spain so, clo- so close. They played uh, some decent football in the last parts, but England have held on for a priceless victory. The first in Spain in a very, very, very long time. Nine, three decades, uh, we believe. Uh, but, yeah, there you go. Spain 2, England 3. Full-time result in Seville. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com, the official bookmaker of Love Sport. Love Sport. It's the Brian Moore Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. But obviously, you've not got kids, you don't understand that, and then why would you? Yeah. And it's not relevant. Yeah. But if he's missing that, and the thing is, he does, they they only are at that sort of age for a little while, Mm. and it's very soon they become manipulative, cynical, horrible little (laughs) people who contrive in any way possible with blackmail emotionally, physically, and everything to get whatever they want. They are the, the worst sort of or best negotiators in the world because they are totally unscrupulous. <laughs> they are immoral. It's the Brian Mall Show with the Pitbull and James Greyhound Grey. Join the pack weekdays from 3pm on Love Sport. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Can you save money on your car insurance? Chris did with a little help from a spokesman said.com. Getting real people, real savings. I'm Chris from Leicestershire, a truck driver. I went on a spokesman set, which was very easy to use for an old kit like myself. And the £300 savings enabled me to take my granddaughter to Pontins on holiday. Find quotes from over 100 leading insurance providers at a spokesmansaid.com. Real people, real savings. Compare, switch and save with a spokesmansaid.com. Fighting for you, saving you money. Look. 50% off bed sheets and these towels. Why is everything floral? Because she likes flowers. Who? Mum. She's staying with us until her extension's built. Are you joking? I told you last week. You didn't. With up to 70% off big brands, 20 restaurants and a nine-screen cinema, you're guaranteed to get more than you bargained for at London Designer Outlet. Savings for all the family? Hello, LDO. Find us in Wembley Park. See website for details. Savings on RRP. It's only for three months. Have you seen that change for life? It's about the little changes we can all make to be healthier. They're simple things like learning to watch the salt. You see, salt's really crafty. It hides in food you'd never expect, like cereals, bread and ready meals. It soon adds up and can increase our blood pressure, which can lead to heart disease or a stroke. That's why it's really important for us to cut down. Just check the labels. It's easy to be food smart. For more ideas to help you and your family watch the salt, search Change for Life online. 7bestbets.com If you are looking for good odds with a simple-to-use app, visit 7bestbets.com As a new customer, you will receive great welcome offers. We cover all sports, as well as an online casino and full range of virtual sports. If that's not enough, regular customers benefit from loyalty bonuses too. 7bestbets.com Please gamble responsibly. Visit Gamblerware for more details. Love sports. The fans show with 7bestbets.com. Fancy a flutter? 7bestbets.com. Love sports official bookmaker.
England have beaten Spain by three goals to two in Seville tonight. Uh, we'll hopefully hear from uh, from Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling a little bit later on. First and foremost, what do you make of that? Good to win out there, isn't it? Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, fabulous win. It has to be. You know, it would have been nice to have been able to kick to kick on being three 0 up at half time, and um, I think there was a looked like a very good shout for a penalty at three 0 for a foul on Sterling. But um, I mean, they're not at the strength they were maybe ten years ago. But to beat one of the best teams in the world in Spain, I think that's a fantastic win. Really, 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 really chuffed. To be, th- I mean, I guess that's the only thing you know. As Gary said, to be three 0 up and and to kind of see that claw back is is kind of a little bit kind of takes the gloss off of it a little bit but a win's a win but in a way it keeps us grounded as well doesn't it doesn't mean keeps our feet on the ground a bit yeah yeah exactly right let's go over to uh, spain and uh, talk to uh, talk to billy the bee grant who was out there uh, bill how was it uh, a fabulous night five goals as well uh, listen, mate, absolutely teething, tremendous, as we say. We're in the stadium here. We've been, we've been kept in for 20 minutes. Apparently, the authorities have said we keep kept in. I don't know, it's for our own safety or whatever it may be. But probably they're just very disappointed because we came here. First half, absolutely smashed Spain off the park. They didn't know what was happening. And like I said to you, that clinical finishing that we saw today, if we saw that in the World Cup semi-final, we'd have been in the final. No, no, there's no two ways about it. And it's, it's a bit bit disappointing because people stop going England were lucky and all this nonsense but to be quite honest you can see what we could do when we're on our A game today and Spain especially in that first half I thought England were really really good value for money what was the atmosphere like out there mate atmosphere's great you know what I'm saying there's 3,000 plus fans at the stadium but if you look around as well you can hear now England fans are still singing all of the Spain fans have gone they've disappeared off the face of the earth they didn't really sing they did a bit of Espana every now and again but the England fans are singing away. But also, you can see the England fans in the in the home end section, and there's also a few little England fans in the Spanish section just nearer to the England end as well. So there's probably about sort of got a, a good four, sort of four, five, five thousand England fans here. Atmosphere is really good today. Really, really wet. I mean, I thought this was one of the hottest places in the world that you can come to um, in October. But take God as you, it's been so wet today. It's been, it's not, it hasn't been, the, it hasn't been the best, but it hasn't dampened our atmosphere, our vibe. You know what I'm saying? Did you um? Can you bring me back some castanets, please? <laughs> Listen, I've got my castanets packed up in the bag. You know, we were in the same, we were in the square earlier, playing them very early. We got a lot of money. Uh, a lot of people threw a lot of money into the hat. You know, which is all good. So it's a help to play for my uh, playing fair home as well. But you know, but like I said to you, let's listen, England. I mean, it's really funny because we all sat around here a bit earlier and we were trying to get a little bit confused because we still didn't quite know what this UEFA, um, this league was all about. So we had to sit there and actually read through all the rules and the regulations <laughs> and what it's all about. It's still very confusing, but um, I think the, the long and the short of it is, especially after winning today, it looks like we're uh, sort of pretty much guaranteed a path through to the, to the next European Championship, which is all good. Yeah, certainly. What did you make of the uh, of the lineup, the way that England set up, um, and 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 how they executed uh, Gareth Southgate's sort of plan? Uh, I mean, again, like I said to you, I think that they've they've done really well. They've, they've they've done wicked today. I mean, the thing about it is that Spain, you know, okay, they didn't do fantastically at the World Cup, but they're still a good side. They cre- they beat Croatia six nil, and you know, it's a bit of a funny league this one because we got Croatia we drew nil all. They beat them six nil. Spain beat us 2-1 on our own turf. We come and we're 3-0 up at half-time in their place. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, obviously we had to, we had to, we had to kill them with speed. And you could see that with the speed, you know, when we were running at them, they were scared. It's really funny. Defensively, Spain are probably fairly average. 
and it goes to show you that we put there, we put, you know, we put the fast players, uh, we run at them, and, uh, and we did the business. And also the other thing is that, you know, we got the goals up front and we're very clinical. We got those goals. If we didn't get those goals at half-time, it may have been a different story altogether, but we got the three goals after I'm very fantastically well-taken goals. And there you go, all of a sudden, Spain are massively on the back foot. Okay, they've got the two goals in the second half. And in the second half, you know, we were all saying that England sort of hanging on a little bit, but they played a different game in the second half. You know what I'm saying? We didn't, we didn't close them down. We weren't pressing them in the same way. I don't know if we wanted them to come at us and then we're going to hit them on the break. But um, it was a definitely a different game. But we, we, we were in there. We were 3-0 up at half-time. So now you've got this Europa Mickey Mouse nonsense out of the way, Bill. Um, we've got the serious championship match against Bristol City on Saturday. You're flying, you're flying back for that. Um, so wh- what, what do you th- what's, what's going to happen? Um, are you assume Thomas Frank's going to take the team? Well, you know, are, you, are you excited by that? Are you, are you scared by that? What, what's your vibe? I, I, but what, I'll tell you something. Is like... We could talk, you can call this the Mickey Mouse Cup, whatever like that, but what, what you have is that you've got 5,000 England fans have flown over for this game. So a lot of people don't think that this is Mickey Mouse, and we've beaten Spain. So you can call it Mickey Mouse as much as you want to, but Spain didn't want to lose this game. Spain were playing football, and they got beaten by an England side, a good England side. So good game today. <laughs> Saturday now is a different story. I, 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 when I said that, I had the old fishing, fishing emoji. Can, can, I, just say, can I just yeah, say, can Bill, well done for putting him in his place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could do, you could do, you could say what you want, you know. But at the end of the day, fans are out here and they spend good money, which is all good. And at the end of the day, you can all jump on the, you can all jump on the semi-final tip when England get to the semi-final. But these are the games that really matter because we need to win these games to get to the semi-final. See what I'm saying? But let's come back to Bristol City on Saturday. Bristol City, I'll be speaking to my man today from Bristol City, Rob. Good, good guy. And he said that Bristol City still, no matter what they get the results, not on necessarily great form. So we need to flip it back and do what we do normally. I don't think things are going to change that much because we've still got the backroom staff that still play the same type of football. If Thomas Frank takes over, even just for Saturday, he knows exactly what we're going to do, the players that we're going to do, and we just need to go out, you know, and just play, play our game. I think that we will... It'll be tough, but I think we'll go and break Bristol City because I think that the players will be motivated to go out and show... Tell you something, Dee Smith might have gone, but Brentford are exactly the same. So what's, what's post-match for the England, England party tonight, Bill? Where, 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 do, you, where do you go uh, now? As far as I know, we're going to go into town, and as long as the police don't shut the bars down like they did last night, apparently, uh, because I didn't get in until very, very late last night, but they, there's a lot of lack of bar action going on after a period of time. If they're not due, then um, we found a lot of really great places in the old town. Lovely place, Bill. Really, really beautiful. Lots of bars, lots of little tapas places and stuff like that. We're all going to go and head back into town, have a few beers, have a few drinks. I've got a very early flight in the morning. I only booked my flight back this morning, this afternoon, actually. I decided I sat down there and I thought, and I booked my flight back um, about <laughs> about midday today because I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Um, so I'm just going to make the most of it. But all the characters are with me. They're all very happy. And we're going to go into Seville. Great place. If you've never been here, come down here. Fantastic place to come. But try not to come when it's as wet as it was today because it was very, very wet. Well, Bill, uh, make sure you get back safe. Great to hear from you. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Billy the Beaguan out in Spain uh, for, uh, well, enjoying the game. What a game it was as well. Spain 2, England 3. Let's cross over. And we can hear from uh, uh, Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane following tonight's win. No, it was um, a brilliant team performance, you know, I th- thought we we went at them straight from the, the beginning um, and, you know, we, we were clinical today. The other day we played some good football at times and we missed a, a few chances, but today I thought we started really well and, and finished those chances we needed to. 
Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Spain are probably one of the informed teams in the world right now. And uh, yeah, we knew we could uh, beat them. Uh, we played well at Wembley. We just didn't take our chances there. Uh, and we come out the blocks firing, you know. Uh, great pressing, great balls, great goals. Uh, second half was difficult. We, we knew it was going to be tough. I thought we defended well and we soaked up the pressure and thankfully the ref blew the whistle at the end. Yet the big headline tonight, of course, Raheem Sterling has broken his international goal drop. But we're just looking at some stats on uh, the screen. And the passes completed uh, are absolutely nuts. Spain with 747 passes, 689 of them completed. England's lurking around the 200 mark. So it, but, but it shows you can pass, 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 unless you're putting the ball in the back of the net. In the ilk that Sterling and Rashford did it, it's going to make no difference. It, it does show you that sometimes the possession stats do lie, and it's how you counter yeah, how, how you counter attack. Our Spain, Brentford in disguise. <laughs> yeah, we you know, but we, again, you know, it's, it's it's what you do with the chances, and some sometimes in, in most chance, most most cases that the uh, you know the possession team, the ones that creates all the chances, will will win. Tonight, obviously, we we were ruthless on the on the on the counter attack. Yeah, I think um, well, it's it's. For me, I think the, the possession definitely plays a big part in it, but I think you should, I think it's a misguided and almost unfair way of looking at a team's performance. I think if you look at the passing accuracy, it shows a, bit, a, a better um, conversion of what they're actually doing with the ball, and I think that's that's what showed today. We, we as England showed a far better um, conversion rate of what they were doing with the ball and their chances they were creating than Spain did. Yeah, a, uh, a long, long, long time since we uh, we saw Raheem Sterling international goal uh, how many years chaps gone six uh, four 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 uh, I'm going to go for three years I believe in fact his last international goal came against Estonia in a 2-0 win he grabbed the second goal in a 2-0 win uh, during the UEFA Euro 2016 qualification the 9th of October 2015 and uh, well tonight in his 46 camp he made it uh, well, he, he scored two to grab England's second, uh, first and third goals tonight. Uh, so yeah, his uh, his his first uh, England goal in well, his first England goals in in three years, forty six games, four goals. Not the return that a lot of people would want, but still a, a really good performance from him playing in, in in the number ten position tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you just you know, it's what you want from the squad players is when they get an opportunity, you want them to take it, and clearly tonight he's he's, he's taking them. Well, that first goal was a belter that is how you finish that was a fantastic more, finish of, more of that on Saturday from our from our boys in I just sincerely White. hope so we're yeah. taking lessons from Neil Malpay on that one yeah. <laughs> um, Ed, uh, Ed, Ed Edward the Headwood I think is what, what Bill calls him but uh, I'm going to call him John Artson and said let's just get on with it and settle down with the manager this week when everyone's back in from international oh yeah okay yes mm. fair yeah. enough Fair enough. Fair play yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, chaps, any any closing thoughts on this weekend's no, I, game on, on who you want to be the uh, the next long-term manager of Brentford Football Club? I, th- I just think it's an opportunity for us to get behind Thomas Franks, whether it's whether it's the one game, two games, or a thousand games. Who, who knows how it's going to be? But he's going to put out a team that is a, is a Brentford team. They're going to play in red and white stripes, and we're going to want them to win. So let's get behind them, get down to Griffin Park, cheer the boys on. Yeah, so you know this is you know the the Dean Smith era has just finished. This is now the new era of Brentford. This is, I think, the one that is going to take us forward into the Premier League. Come on, you bees! Come on, you bees! You didn't need to finish off there. 
Brenton here. Come I'll, on, I'll uh, there you go. <laughs> it's uh, it's your Brentford fan chat on Love Sport Radio tonight. We have seen England beat Spain in Spain. Elsewhere, some other results: Bosnia and Herzegovina have beaten Northern Ireland by two goals to nil. Edin Dzeko with the goals. Iceland one, Switzerland two. Uh, was another final score. But the big night story of the night, of course, remains uh, with Raheem Sterling and with Gareth Southgate. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This is Love Sport Radio. I'm back tomorrow night from seven when we talk all things Spurs. Come on, you bees. I'll say it now. There you go. <laughs> finish that. <laughs> Fans show with 7bestbets.com from casinos to horses. We've got it covered. 7bestbets.com. Love Sports, official betting partner. Love Sport, 558 AM. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.